Stand By for Places presents William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night Directed by Alexandra Kopko Featuring in order of appearance Dan Fennedy as the Count Orsino Santiago Morillo as Curio and Antonio Patrick Pizzolarusso as Valentine, Sir Andrew Egecheek, and First Officer Katrina Michaels as Viola Greg Jackson as the Captain and Malvolio Michael Pemberton as Sir Toby Belch Stephanie Tercy as Mariah Rebecca Vega Romero as Festi, the Fool Sarah Carolyn Kennedy as the Lady Olivia and William Burns as Sebastian, Fabian, and Second Officer Music by Alexandra Kopko and Rebecca Vega Romero If music be the food of love, play on. Give me excess of it, that surfeiting the appetite may sicken and so die. That strain again, it had a dying fall. Oh, it came o'er my ear like the sweet sound that breathes upon a bank of violets, stealing and giving odor. Enough. No more. Tis not so sweet now as it was before. Oh, spirit of love, how quick and fresh art thou that notwithstanding thy capacity receiveth as the sea not enters there of what validity and pitch so air but falls into abatement and low price even in a minute. So full of shapes is fancy that it alone is high fantastical. Will you go hunt, my lord? What, Curio? The heart. Why, so I do the noblest that I have. Oh, when mine eyes did see Olivia first, methought she purged the air of pestilence. That instant was I turned into a heart, and my desires, like fell in cruel hounds, ere since pursue me. How now? What news from her? So please, my lord, I might not be admitted, but from her handmaid do return this answer. The element itself, till seven years heat, shall not behold her face at ample view. But like a cloistress, she will veiled walk, and water once a day her chamber round with eye-offending brine, all this to season a brother's dead love which she would keep fresh and lasting in her sad remembrance. Oh, she that hath a heart of that fine frame to pay this debt of love but to a brother? How will she love when the rich golden shaft hath killed the flock of all affections else that live in her, when liver, brain, and heart, these sovereign thrones, are all supplied and filled her sweet perfections with one self, king, away before me to sweet beds of flowers. Love thoughts lie rich when canopied with bowers. Country friends is this? This is Illyria, lady. And what should I do in Illyria? My brother, he is in Elysium. Perchance he is not drowned. What think you, sailors? It is perchance that you yourself were saved. Oh, my poor brother. And so perchance may he be. True, madam. And to comfort you with chance, assure yourself... 
After our ship did split, when you and those poor numbers saved with you hung on our driving boat, I saw your brother, most provident in peril, bind himself, courage and hope both teaching him the practice, to a strong mast that lived upon the sea, where, like Orion on the dolphin's back, I saw him hold acquaintance with the waves so long as I could see. For saying so, there's gold. Mine own escape unfoldeth to my hope, whereto thy speech serves for authority the like of him. Knowest thou this country? Aye, madam. Well, for I was bred and born not three hours' travel from this very place. Who governs here? A noble duke, in nature as in name. What is his name? Orsino. Orsino. I have heard my father name him. He was a bachelor then. And so is now, or was so very late, for but a month ago I went from hence, and then twas fresh in murmur, as you know, what great ones do, the less will prattle of, that he did seek the love of fair Olivia. What's she? A virtuous maid, the daughter of a count that died some twelve months since, then leaving her in the protection of his son, her brother, who shortly also died, for whose dear love... They say she hath abjured the sight and company of men. Oh, that I served that lady, and might not be delivered to the world till I had made mine own occasion mellow what my estate is. That were hard to compass, because she will admit no kind of suit. No, not the Duke's. There is a fair behaviour in thee, Captain, and though that nature with a beauteous wall doth oft close in pollution, Yet of thee I will believe thou hast a mind that suits with this thy fair and outward character. I prithee, and I'll pay thee bounteously, conceal me what I am, and be my aid for such disguise as haply shall become the form of my intent. I'll serve this duke. Thou shalt present me as a eunuch to him. It may be worth thy pains, for I can sing and speak to him in many sorts of music. Thou allow me very worth his service. What else may hap, to time I will commit. Only shape thou thy silence to my wit. Be you his eunuch, and your mute I'll be. When my tongue blabs, then let mine eyes not see. I thank thee. Lead me on. What a plague means my niece to take the death of her brother thus? I'm sure cares an enemy to life. By my troth, Sir Toby, you must come in earlier nights. Your cousin, my lady, takes great exceptions to your ill hours. Why let her accept before accepted? Aye, <laughs> but you must confine yourself within the modest limits of order. Confine? <laughs> I'll confide myself no finer than I am. These clothes are good enough to drink in, and so be these boots, too. And be they not, let them hang themselves in their own straps. <laughs> that quaffing and drinking will undo you. I heard my lady talk of it yesterday, and of a foolish knight that you brought in one night here to be her wooer. Oh, Sir Andrew Aguchik? I he. He's as tall a man as any is in Illyria. What's that to the purpose? Why, he has 3,000 ducats a year. Aye, but he'll have but a year in all these ducats. He's a very fool and a prodigal. Fie, that you'll say so. Huh. He plays of the viol de gamboy and speaks three or four languages word for word without book and hath all the good gifts of nature. He hath indeed, almost natural, for besides that he's a fool, he's a great quarreler, and but that he hath the gift of a coward to allay the gust he hath in quarreling, tis thought among the prudent, he would quickly have the gift of a grave. By this hand, they are scoundrels and subtractors at Seychelles. Who are they? They that add moreover he's drunk nightly in your company. We're drinking hells to my niece. I'll drink to her. 
as long as there is passage in my throat and drink in Illyria. He's a coward and a coistrel that will not drink to my niece till his brains turn on the toe like a parish top. <laughs> <laughs> what wedge? Castellano Volgo. For here comes her Andrew Agulface. <laughs> Sir Toby Belch. How now, Sir Toby Belch? Sweet Sir Andrew. Oh, bless you, fair shrew. And you too, sir. <laughs> Accost, Sir Andrew. Accost. What's that? My niece's chambermaid. Good mistress. Accost, I desire better acquaintance. My name is Mary, sir. Good mistress, Mary Acost. You, you mistake, knight. Acost is front her, board oh. her, woo uh. her, <laughs> assail her. By my troth, I would not undertake her in this company. Is that the meaning of Acost? Fare thee well, gentlemen. And thou let part so surrender, would thou mightst never draw sword again. Uh, and you part so, mistress, I might never draw sword again. Fair lady, do you think you have fools in hand? Sir, I have not you by the hand. Mary, but you shall have, and here's my hand. Now, sir, thought is free. I... Pray you, bring your hand to the buttery bar and let it drink. <laughs> Wherefore, sweetheart? What's your metaphor? It's dry, sir. Why? I think so. I am not such an ass, but I can keep my hand dry. <laughs> but what's your jest? A dry jest, sir. Are you full of them? I, sir, I have them at my finger's end. Mary, now I let go your hand. Hmm. I am barren. <laughs> Night, thou lackst a cup of canary. When did I see thee so put down? Never in my life, I think, unless you see canary put me down. Methinks sometimes I have no more wit than a Christian or an ordinary man has. But I am a great eater of beef, and I believe that does harm to my wit. No question. And I thought that I'd forswear it. <clears throat> I'll ride home tomorrow, Sir Toby. Pourquoi, my dear knight? What is pourquoi? Do or not do. Ah. <sighs> I would I had bestowed that time in the tongues that I have in fencing, dancing, and bear-baiting. Oh! Had I but followed the arts! Mm, then hadst thou an excellent head of hair. <laughs> Why? Would that have mended my hair? Past question. For thou seest it will not curl by nature. <laughs> but it becomes me well enough, dost not? Excellent! It hangs like... Flax on a distaff, and I hope to see a huswife take thee between her legs and spit it off. Faith? I'll home tomorrow, Sir Toby. Your niece will not be seen, or if she be, it's four to one shall none of me. The Count himself here hard by woos her. She'll none of the Count. She'll not match above her degree, neither in estate, years, nor wit. I have heard her swear. Tut. There's life in it, man. Hmm. I'll stay a month longer. I am a fellow of the strangest mind in the world. I delight in masks and revels, sometimes all together. <gasps> shall we set about some revels? What shall we do else? Were we not born under Taurus? Taurus? Well, that sides in heart. No, sir. It is legs and thighs. Whoa. Let me see the caper. Excellent. If the Duke continue these favors towards you, Cesario, you are like to be much advanced. He hath known you but three days, and already you are no stranger. You either fear his humour or my negligence, that you call in question the continuance of his love. 
Is he inconstant, sir, in his favours? No. Believe me. I thank you. Here comes the Count. Who saw Cesario, ho? On your attendance, my lord. Here. Stand you a while aloof, Cesario. Thou knowest no less but all I have unclasped to thee the book even of my secret soul. Therefore, good youth, address thy gate unto her. Be not denied access. Stand at her doors and tell them there thy fixed foot shall grow till thou have audience. Sure, my noble lord, if she be so abandoned to her sorrow as it is spoke, she never will admit me. Be clamorous and leap all civil bounds, rather than make unprofited return. Say I do speak with her, my lord. What then? Oh, then unfold the passion of my love. Surprise her with discourse of my dear faith. It shall become thee well to act my woes. She will attend it better in thy youth than in annuncios of more grave aspect. I think not so, my lord. Dear lad, believe it. For they shall yet belie thy happy years that say thou art a man. Diana's lip is not more smooth and rubious. Thy small pipe is as the maiden's organ, shrill and sound, and all is semblative a woman's part. I know thy constellation is right apt for this affair. Some four or five attend him, all if you will, for I myself am best when least in company. Prosper well in this, and thou shall live as freely as thy lord to call his fortunes thine. I'll do my best to woo your lady. Yet a barful strife, whoe'er I woo, myself would be his wife. Nay, either tell me where thou hast been, or I will not open my lips so wide as a bristle may enter in way of thy excuse. My lady will hang thee for thy absence. Let her hang me. He that is well hanged in this world needs to fear no colors. Make that good. He shall see none to fear. A good Lenten answer. I can tell thee where that saying was born of I fear no colors. Where, good Mistress Mary? In the wars. And that may you be bold to say in your foolery. Well, God give them wisdom that have it, and those that are fools... Let them use their talents. Yet you will be hanged for being so long absent. A word to be turned away is not that as good as hanging to you? Many a good hanging prevents a bad marriage, and for turning away, let summer bear it out. You are resolute then? Not so, neither, but I am resolved on two points. That if one break, the other will hold, or if both break, your Gaskins fall? Apt, <laughs> in good faith, very apt. Well... Go thy way. If Sir Toby would leave drinking, thou wert as witty a piece of Eve's flesh as any in Illyria. A piece, you rogue. No more of that. <laughs> oh, here comes my lady. Make your excuses wisely were you best. Wit, and be thy will, put me into good fooling. Those wits that think they have thee do very oft prove fools, and I that am sure I lack thee may pass for a wise man. For what says Quinopolis? Better a witty fool than a foolish wit. God bless thee, lady. Ugh, take the fool away. Oh, do you not hear, fellows? Take away the lady! Go to, you're a dry fool. I'll know more of you. Besides, you grow dishonest. Two faults, Madonna, that drink and good counsel will amend. For give the dry fool drink, then is the fool not dry. Bid the dishonest man mend himself. If he mend, he is no longer dishonest. If he cannot, let the botcher mend him. Anything that's mended is but patched. Virtue that transgresses is but patched with sin. And sin that amends is but patched with virtue. If that this simple syllogism will serve, so. If it will not, what remedy? As there is no true cuckold but calamity, so beauty's a flower. 
the lady bade take away the fool. Therefore, I say again, take her away! Madam, I bade them take away you. <gasps> Miss Prison in the highest degree! Lady, cuculis non facit monachum. That's as much to say as I wear not motley in my brain. Good, Madonna, give me leave to prove you a fool. Can you do it? Dexterously good, Madonna. Make your proof. I must catechize you for it, Madonna. Good, my mouse of virtue, answer me. Well, madam, for want of other idleness, I'll bide your proof. Good Madonna, why mournst thou? Good fool, for my brother's death. I think his soul is in hell, Madonna. I know his soul is in heaven, fool. The more fool, Madonna, to mourn for your brother's soul being in heaven. <laughs> Take away the fool, gentlemen. What think you of this fool, Malvolio? Doth she not mend? Yes, and shall do till the pangs of death shake her. Infirmity that decays the wise doth ever make the better fool. God send you, sir, a speedy infirmity for the better increasing your folly. Sir Toby will be sworn that I am no fox, but he will not pass his word for tuppence that you are no fool. Ooh, how say you to that, Malvolio? I marvel your ladyship takes delight in such a barren rascal. I saw him put down the other day with an ordinary fool that has no more brain than a stone. Look you now, he's out of his guard already. Unless you laugh and minister occasion to him, he is gagged. I protest I take these wise men that crow so at these set kind of fools no better than the fool's zanies. Oh, you are sick of self-love, Malvolio, and taste with a distempered appetite. To be generous, guiltless, and of free disposition is to take those things for bird bolts that you deem cannon bullets. There is no slander in an allowed fool, though he do nothing but rail, nor no railing in a known discreet man, though he do nothing but reprove. Oh, now, Mercury, and do thee with leasing, for thou speak'st well of fools. Madam, there is at the gate a young gentleman much desires to speak with you. From the Count Orsino, is it? I know not, madam. Tis a fair young man, and well attended. Who of my people holds him in delay? Sir Toby, madam, your kinsman. Oh, fetch him off, I pray you. He speaks nothing but madmen. Fie on him. Go you, Malvolio. If it be a suit from the Count, I am sick, or not at home. What you will to dismiss it. There was a girl from Spain who did a quite spin on my brain. Oh, by mine honor, half drunk. What is he at the gate, cousin? Mm. A gentleman. A gentleman. What gentleman? Tis a gentleman here. Uh, uh, plague on these pickle earrings. <clears throat> oh, now, Sot. Good, sir, Toby. Cousin, cousin, how have you come so early by this lethargy? Lechery. I defy lechery. There's one at the gate. Aye, Mary, what is he? Let him be the devil, anyway, I care not. <laughs> Give me faith, say I. <laughs> well, it's all one. He's in the third degree of drink. He is drowned. Go look after him. <laughs> He is but mad yet, Madonna, and the fool shall look to the madman. Madam, yon young fellow swears he will speak with you. I told him you were sick. He takes on him to understand so much, and therefore comes to speak with you. I told him you were asleep. He seems to have a foreknowledge of that, too, and therefore comes to speak with you. What is to be said to him, lady? He's fortified against any denial. Tell him he shall not speak with me. Has been told so, and he says he'll stand at your door like a sheriff's post and be the supporter to a bench, but he'll speak with you. What kind of man is he? Oh, I... of mankind. What manner of man? A very ill manner. He'll speak with you, will you or no? 
Of what personage in years is he? Uh, not yet old enough for a man, nor young enough for a boy, uh, as a squash is, before tis a peace cod, or a codling when tis almost an apple. Tis with him in standing water, between boy and man. He's very well favoured, and he speaks very shrewishly. One would think his mother's milk was scarce out of him. Let him approach. Call in my gentlewoman. Gentlewoman, my lady calls. My lady? Give me my veil. Come, throw it on my face. We'll once more hear Orsino's embassy. The honourable lady of the house. Which is she? Speak to me, I shall answer for her. Your will? Most radiant, exquisite, and unmatchable beauty. I pray, tell me this be the lady of the house, for I never saw her. I be loath to cast away my speech, for besides that it is excellently well penned, I have taken great pains to con it. Good beauties, let me sustain no scorn. I am very comfortable even to the least sinister usage. Whence came you, sir? I can say little more than I have studied, and that question's out of my part. Good, gentle one, give me modest assurance if you be the lady of the house that I may proceed in my speech. Are you a comedian? No, my profound heart. And yet, by the very fangs of malice, I swear I am not that I play. Are you the lady of the house? If I do not usurp myself, I am. Most certain if you are she, you do usurp yourself. For what is yours to bestow is not yours to reserve. But this is from my commission. I will on with my speech in your praise and then show you the heart of my message. Come to what's important in it. I forgive you the praise. Alas, I took great pains to study it. And tis poetical. It is the more like to be feigned. I pray you keep it in. I heard you were saucy at my gates and allowed your approach rather to wander at you than to hear you. If you be not mad, be gone. If you have reason, be brief. Tis not the time of moon with me to make one in so skipping a dialogue. Will you hoist sail, sir? Here lies your way. No, good swabber. I am to hull here a little longer. Some mollification for your giant sweet lady. Tell me your mind. I am a messenger. <laughs> sure you have some hideous matter to deliver when the courtesy of it is so fearful. Speak your office. It alone concerns your ear. I bring no overture of war, no taxation of homage. I hold the olive in my hand. My words are as full of peace as matter. Yet you began rudely. What are you? What would you? The rudeness that hath appeared in me have I learned from my entertainment. What I am and what I would are as secret as maidenhead. To your ears, divinity. To any others, profanation. Give us the place alone. We will hear this divinity. Yes, my lady. Now, sir, what is your text? Most sweet lady. <laughs> A comfortable doctrine, and much may be said of it. Where lies your text? In Orsino's bosom. In his bosom. In what chapter of his bosom? To answer by the method, in the first of his heart. Oh, I have read it. It is heresy. Have you no more to say? Good madam. Let me see your face. Have you any commission from your lord to negotiate with my face? You are now out of your text. But we will draw the curtain and show you the picture. Look you, sir, such a one I was this present. Is it not well done? Excellently done, if God did all. Tis in grain, sir, twill endure wind and weather. Tis beauty truly blent, whose red and white nature's own sweet and cunning hand laid on. Lady, you are the cruelest she alive if you will lead these graces to the grave and leave the world no copy. Sir, I will not be so hard-hearted. 
I will give out diverse schedules of my beauty. It shall be inventoried in every particle and utensil labeled to my will as item, two lips in different red, item, two gray eyes with lids on them, item, one neck, one shin, and so forth. Were you sent here to praise me? I see what you are. You are too proud. But if you were the devil, you are fair. My lord and master loves you. Oh, such love could be but recompensed that you were crowned the non-parel of beauty. How does he love me? With adorations, fertile tears, with groans that thunder love, with sighs of fire. Your lord does know my mind. I cannot love him. Yet I suppose him virtuous, know him noble, of great estate, a fresh and stainless youth, in voices well divulged, free, learned, and valiant, and in dimension and the shape of nature, a gracious person. But yet I cannot love him. He might have took his answer long ago. If I did love you in my master's flame, with such a suffering, such a deadly life, in your denial I would find no sense. I would not understand it. Why, what would you? Make me a willow cabin at your gate and call upon my soul within the house. Write loyal cantons of contended love and sing them loud, even in the dead of night. Halloo your name to the reverberate hills and make the babbling gossip of the air cry out, Oh, Livia! Oh, you should not rest between the elements of air and earth but you should pity me. You might do much. What is your parentage? Um, above my fortunes, yet my state as well. I am a gentleman. Get you to your lord. I cannot love him, let him send no more, unless perchance you come to me again to tell me how he takes it. Fare you well. I thank you for your pain. Spend this for me. I am no feed post, lady. Keep your purse. My master, not myself, lacks recompense. Love make his heart of flint that you shall love, and let your fervor, like my master's, be placed in contempt. Farewell, fair cruelty. What is your parentage? Above my fortunes, yet my state is well, I am a gentleman. I'll be sworn thou art. Thy tongue, thy face, thy limbs, actions, and spirits do give thee fivefold blazon. Not so fast, soft, soft. Unless the master were the man, how now? Even so quickly may one catch the plague? Methinks I feel this youth's perfections with an invisible and subtle stealth to creep in at mine eyes. Well, let it be. What ho, Malvolio? Here, madam, at your service. Run after that same peevish messenger, the county's man. He left this ring behind him, would I or not. Tell him I'll none of it. Desire him not to flatter with his lord, nor hold him up with hopes. I am not for him. If that the youth will come this way tomorrow, I'll give him reason for it. Hi thee, Malvolio. Madam, I will. I do I know not what, and fear to find mine eye too great a flatterer for my mind. Fate, show thy force, ourselves we do not owe. What is decreed must be, and be this so. Will you stay no longer? Nor will you not that I go with you? By your patience, no. My stars shine darkly over me. The malignancy of my fate might perhaps distemper yours. Therefore I shall crave of you your leave that I may bear my evils alone. It were a bad recompense for your love to lay any of them on you. Let me yet know of you whither you are bound. No sooth, sir. My determinate voyage is mere extravagancy, but I perceive in you so excellent a touch of modesty that you will not extort from me what I am willing to keep in. Therefore, it charges me in manners the rather to express myself. 
You must know of me then, Antonio. My name is Sebastian, which I called Rodrigo. My father was that Sebastian of Messaline, whom I know you have heard of. He left behind him myself and a sister, both born in an hour. If the heavens had been pleased, would we had so ended. You, sir, altered that. For some hour before you took me from the breach of the sea, was my sister drowned. Alas, the day. A lady, sir, though it was said she much resembled me, was yet of many accounted beautiful. But though I could not with such estimable wonder over far believe that, yet thus far I will boldly publish her. She bore a mind that envy could not but call fair. She is drowned already, sir, as salt water, though I seem to drown her remembrance again with more. Pardon me, sir, your bad entertainment. <laughs> oh, good Antonio, forgive me your trouble. If you will not murder me for my love, let me be your servant. If you will not undo what you have done, that is, kill him whom you have recovered, desire it not. Fare you well at once. My bosom is full of kindness, and I am yet so near the manners of my mother that, upon the least occasion more, mine eyes will tell tales of it. I am bound to the countersinner's court. Farewell. The gentleness of all the gods go with thee! I have many enemies in Orsino's court, else would I very shortly tee thee there. But come what may, I do adore thee so, that danger shall seem sport, and I will go. Were you not even now with the Countess Olivia? Even now, sir, on a moderate pace, I've since arrived but hither. She returns this ring to you, sir. You might have saved me my pains to have taken away yourself. She adds, moreover, that you should put your lord into a desperate assurance. She will none of him. <clears throat> and one thing more, that you be never so hardy to come again in his affairs unless it be to report your lord's taking of this. Receive it so. She took the ring of me, or none of it. Come, sir, you peevishly threw it to her, and her will is it should be so returned. If it be worth stooping for, there it lies in your eye. If not, be it as it finds it. I left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune forbid my outside have not charmed her. She made good view of me. Indeed, so much that methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak in starts distractedly. She loves me, sure. The cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring. Why, he sent her none. I am the man. If it be so as tis. Poor lady. She would better love a dream. Disguise, I see thou art a wickedness, wherein the pregnant enemy does much. How easy is it for the proper false in women's waxen hearts to set their forms? Alas, our frailty is the cause, not we. For such as we are made of, such we be. How will this fadge? My master loves her dearly, and I, poor monster, fond as much on him, and she, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will become of this? As I am man, my state is desperate for my master's love. As I am woman, now alas the day, what thriftless sighs shall poor Olivia breathe? O oh, time, thou must untangle this, not I. It is too hard a knot for me to untie.
Shh, approach, Sir Andrew. Not to be a bed after midnight is to be up betimes, and mm, the Luculos Gary, thou knowest. Nay, by my troth, I know not, but I know to be up late is to be up late. <laughs> False conclusion. I hate it as an unfilled can. To be up after midnight and to go to bed then is early. So let to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Does not our lives consist of the four elements? Faith, so they say. But I think it rather consists of eating and drinking. <laughs> Thou art a scholar. <laughs> let us therefore eat and drink. Ryan, I say a stoop of wine. Oh, here comes the fool in faith. How now, my heart? Did you never see the picture of we three? Welcome, ass! Now let's have a catch. By my troth, the fool has an excellent breast. I had rather forty shillings I had such a leg, and so sweet a breath to sing as the fool has. Oh. In sooth, thou wast in very gracious fooling last night, when thou spokest of pigrogrammatus of the Vapians passing the equinocital of Quebus. <laughs> 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 T'was very good of faith. I sent thee sixpence for thy leman. Hadst it? I did empeticos thy gratility, for Malvolio's nose is no whipstock. My lady has a white hand, and the Myrmidons are no bottle ale houses. Excellent! <laughs> Why, this is the best fooling when all is done. Now, <laughs> a song. Come on, there's sixpence for thee. Let's have a song. There's a testral of me, too. If one night, give a... Would you have a love song or a song of good life? A love song. A love song. Aye, aye. I care not for good life. Mellifluous voice, as I am true knight. A contagious breath. Very sweet and contagious of faith. <laughs> to be a nose, it is dulcet and contagion. <laughs> but shall we make the welkin dance indeed? <laughs> shall we rouse the night owl in a catch that will draw three souls out of one weaver? Shall we do that? <laughs> and you love me? Let's do it. I am dog at the catch. By your lady, sir, and some dogs will catch well. Most certain. Let our catch be, thou knave. Hold thy peace, thou knave knight. I shall be constrained int to call thee knave knight. <laughs> Tis not the first time I have constrained one to call me knave. <laughs> Begin, fool. <laughs> it begins, hold thy peace, 
I shall never begin if I hold my peace. <laughs> <laughs> Good, in faith. Come, begin. What a caterwauling do you keep here? If my lady have not called up her steward Malvolio and bid him turn you out of doors, never trust me. Oh, my lady is a Catan. We are politicians. Malvolio is a beggar Ramsey, and three merry <laughs> men be we. Am I not consanguineous? Am I not of her blood? Terry Valley, lady. The truth around the Babylon, lady, lady. Beshrew <laughs> <laughs> me! The knight's an admirable fooling. Aye, he does well enough if he be disposed, and so do I too. He does it with a better grace, but I do it more natural. All the twelfth day of December. I... No, for the love of God, please. <laughs> My masters, are you mad? Or what are you? Have you no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like tinkers at this time of night? Do you make an alehouse of my lady's house that you squeak out your cosier's catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place, persons, nor time in you? We did keep time, sir, in our catches. <laughs> <laughs> sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you that though she harbours you as her kinsman, she's nothing allied to your disorders. If you can separate yourself and your misdemeanours, you are welcome to the house. If not, and it would please you to take leave of her, she is very willing to bid you farewell. Farewell, sweetheart, since I must needs be gone. Nay, good Sir Toby. <laughs> his eyes do show his days are almost done. Missed even so. But I will never die. Sir Toby, there you lie. This <laughs> is much credit to you. Shall I bid him go? What, and if you do? Shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare not. Not <laughs> a tune, sir? <laughs> you lie. Art any more than a steward? Dost thou think because thou art virtuous there shall be no more cakes and ale? Hmm? Yes, by St. Anne, and ginger shall be hot of the mouth, too. Oh, thou art in the right. <laughs> Go, sir. Rub your chin with crumbs. A stoop of wine, Mariah. Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favor at anything more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it by this hand. Oh, go shake your ears. T'were as good a deed as to drink when a man's a-hungry, to challenge him the field, and then to break the promise with him and make a fool of him. Good night. Huh? I'll, I'll write thee a challenge, or, or I'll deliver thy indignation to him by word of mouth. <laughs> Sweet Sir Toby, be patient for tonight. Since the youth of the Counts was today with my lady, she is much out of quiet. For Monsieur Malvolio, let me alone with him. If I do not gull him into a neighbor and make him a common recreation, do not think I have wit enough to lie straight in my bed. I know I can oh, do it. Possess us. Possess us. Tell us something of him. Mary, sir, sometimes he is a kind of Puritan. Oh, if I thought that, I'd beat him like a dog. What? For being a Puritan? Thy exquisite reason, dear knight. I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason good enough. But the devil a Puritan that he is, or anything constantly but a time-pleaser. An affection to ask that con state without book and utters it by great swathes, the best persuaded of himself so crammed as he thinks with excellencies that it is his grounds of faith that all that look on him love him. And on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. What wilt thou do? 
drop in his way some obscure epistles of love, wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. I can write very much like my lady, your niece. On a forgotten matter, we can hardly make a distinction of our hands. Excellent. I smell a device. <laughs> I have it in my nose, too. He shall think by the letters that thou wilt drop that they come from my niece and that she's in love with him. My purpose is indeed a horse of that color. And your horse now would make him an ass. Ass, I doubt not. Oh, <laughs> twill be admirable. Sport royal, I warrant you. I know my physic will work with him. I will plant you two and let the fool make a third where he shall find the letter. Observe his construction of it. For this night to bed and dream on the event. Farewell. Good night, Prince Cecilia. <laughs> Before me, she's a good wench. She's a big old true bread. And one that adores me. What a rat. I was adored once, too. <laughs> Let's to bed, knight. Our heads need sent for more money. If I cannot recover your niece, I am a foul way out. Send for money, knight. If thou hast her not in the end, call me cut. If I do not, never trust me. Take it how you will. Come. Come. I'll go burn some sack. Tis too late to go to bed now. <laughs> Come, knight. Come, knight! <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this Standby for Places production. If you want to hear more, click that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces and Instagram at standbyforplacespod. 